RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, hi everybody. How's it going? My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. I see the chat room filling up with amazing people as always. Thank you guys for being so flexible and joining the show whenever. I, I apologize. Usually the show is around 6 p.m. on Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, but lately it's um, I haven't been able to do the show until 8. That might change. It depends on whatever, many factors. But that's why I'm saying thank you. Thank you for everything, really, because you keep the show going and keeping it growing and going. Keeping it going helps, too. So I want to thank you all for all your support, like Jim right now, again, the super chat right out of the gate. Thank you, Jim. And I want to thank everybody else. Yes, amazing people and Lee in New York City. Hello. <laughs> I'm only saying that. That's what he wrote. I didn't. Uh, Lee is amazing. He is one of the OG tarot busters and uh, somebody who I cherish. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for everything that you do. You send emails. I, I get your emails informing me on different things. I appreciate it. Because why else do we do the show? It's to keep, uh, to build the community of normal people who um, are sharing this blip of time together in, the, in this country, the United States of Serfs and Lords. Hopefully we can do something about that to make a more perfect union. I guess if we want to have a mission statement for the show, that's probably it, to build a community that is, well, to spread. I mean, I can't say that is informed because you guys are already informed, but we, we get together to, I guess, I don't, I don't, if people say to me, why don't you talk to Republicans? I don't really have the time. I mean, I'll leave that to Tom Harmon. He's probably more emotionally stable anyway to, to, to deal with that. I don't have the patience. I have anger issues too which I've worked on for my entire life. It's kind of ridiculous. People have been telling me that forever. Why are you so angry? I, that's what they say to me. I've heard this my whole life, and I, I felt like, what do you mean? It's like asking a fish, why do you swim? Or a bird, why do you fly? What? Have you been looking around lately? Have you been paying attention? Why am I so angry? I guess it's really, well, I've had enough therapy to figure out that that anger is actually sadness. You see, it's a much more acceptable emotion to have anger, especially in this sick-ass country with all these posers fronting to pretend that they're perfect. I don't know how we all live together, live amongst such perfect human beings like Twitler and, and uh, well, Twitler, he's never done anything wrong. And the Republicans, all of them, are just perfect. Perfect human beings who've never known setbacks or, or failure. And if they have, it's only because some liberal or somebody's picking on them somehow or targeting them. See, we don't have enough time in our lives to deal with our own crap. We're going to make up all kinds of bullshit to target the likes of Matt Gates. 
right? Jesus Christ, sorry. We're living in the new Gilded Age, and it's exhausting. I don't. I, I mean, somebody like Matt Getz is a representative of people. Uh, that says it all. That, that's what uh, when future generations look back and they see what we've had to deal with, and they look at Matt Getz and they say that actually people sent him to represent them in the halls of power. And then we, we can't, how can you complain? You know, I mean, it's an, it's a sign that how sick this broken system really is. And it is broken. So I guess when we're talking about what are we doing, what, what's the mission statement of the show, whatever it's, that we reach those who are reachable and that they understand to bring them into this this thing that we're doing that we stick together we win is just another way of saying e pluribus unum out of many one and if we, we are in this together so um but 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 uh the reason i'm bringing this up too okay let me before i want to talk about amazon it was uh, rather a crushing blow to to know that the uh, that that Amazon's anti-union tactics were successful. Oh my God, Jeffrey! What? Wait, hold on. I just I need a drink of coffee. First of all, Jim, thank you, of course, and Haiku, thank you for your super chat. But Jeffrey Giraffe just. Uh, won tonight's super chat challenge thank you jeffrey jeffrey's pretty generous for a giraffe mama mia you yeah you make you are the wind beneath my wings jeffrey all right i had to put the the air conditioner on if if you hear that that noise it gets hot when i start talking it's hot in here or maybe it's menopause i don't know God help us. That's so depressing. Life is depressing, isn't it? That's why we have to get together. Thank God for you guys, really. I, you know, I think to myself, imagine how more horrible I would feel without this community. I think about that all the time because, you know, I go through a lot of, I, I mean, it's part, I guess, part of the pandemic. It's not good. Even though I enjoy never leaving my house i also understand that we need human contact because in my mind i don't want to go into my mind alone i need you guys there with me i need the backup i need somebody to talk me down or to be like okay no settle down bitch it's fine so because in my mind i start thinking nothing matters it uh nothing matters that's probably it that sums it up and i start thinking about how sick people are but that's not all of us because then i think of you guys do you know because i think who is so effing dumb that they don't understand what amazon is up to with their anti-union tactics and how beaten really have we become in this country where I guess we consider the crumbs. We take the crumbs. It's not even a crumb. It's a crumb of the crumb. That's what you get as, an, as somebody working for Amazon. 
you're getting the crumb of the crumb. You're talking about a, a, a company where the CEO is effing off to Mars, who's going to be the first trillionaire. And that's in itself should be a, a disgrace. It is. And that shows you how broken the system is. There's no reason for one person to have a trillion dollars. Really? Come on. Spread that crap around. So people can do things like save 400 goddamn dollars. So how they think in this environment, in this country, in the new Gilded Age, that they have a better shot by standing up alone and begging their lords for a trickle than they do standing together. And that goes to show us how... It's this is why corporations have bought politicians, have bought government. This is why they do it. That it's why Amazon spent millions of dollars that they could have been giving to their employees. If so, uh, they could have given raises and and uh, everything else, how if the productivity, if the middle class, what was I trying to say? If the uh, minimum wage had had kept up with productivity in this country, the minimum wage would be $30 an hour at least. So the fact that we are begging for pittances, for the crumbs, and calling it a win, and Amazon is boasting about how they um, they already pay $15 an hour, well, whoopee-freaking-doopee, make it 30 and maybe I'll 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 give you a I'll concede a little bit, but there is no reason. Take one of those billions off of take a zero off of Jeff freaking Bezos's bottom line, and spread it around to the workers who make that company roll. Not Jeff Bezos. He's not out there in those Amazon fulfillment centers. He's not making the products and writing the books and making the movies. And then they, he's going around delivering them to each house by himself on roads that he built. Get the F out of here. <sighs> and yet it never stops. It will never stop. Because if we, well, we have to keep going. All right. My name is Tara Devil. Hold on. And before I keep going, I want to say, tonight's show, I should have said this right off the bat, I apologize, but I just started ranting. Tonight's show is brought to us by Jim Left. Yes, Jim, thank you so much. Where is, I'm trying to find the damn applause now. What's this? Yes, here we go. Jim. Thank you, Jim, for taking that extra step to making the leap to go to, where is it? Patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and joining the show. Unlike some people who are jumping ship and they're deciding they don't want to join the show anymore. I don't know. I don't know why. Of course, I try not to take it personally, but I can't help it. 
So, uh, also, another patron. I know that's a stupid way to say patri- patron. It's just patron. Not, don't give it an accent. Another patron who is sponsoring tonight's show. Goes by the beautiful name of Sam Stallard. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Sam, for making my making my day, making my life worth living. And I'm not even saying that. I'm not. That's not an exaggeration. Okay, guys. And also, we can't forget Oak Four Zero Nine. Guys, 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 anybody, you, if you want, what you, what you want from me, if you want the, the window cling, it's getting kind of outdated now because there is no RDT daily anymore, but I have to come up with better prizes or better gifts to people. I really do. I need to get, I don't know, magnets. I was thinking I got to do something, but you got to send me your addresses, all right? Because it doesn't have the, um, it just has your email. So please send me your address, and I'd like to send out some some gifts, guys. All right, guys, 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 guys. See? And Jeffrey, if you, considering your, your uh, generous... What do you call it? Uh, super chat and all, and not the first time. Yeah. Contact me if you want a mug. And, and that goes for you, too. Haiku, Jim, Lee, anybody. I'm feeling generous. If I know you, send me an email. I mean, you can't just be like, hi, I'm Joe Blow. And send me... S- Please send me a a mug. I don't know who that is, but anyway, you know. Do it. Do it. Reach out. Do something for yourself for once in your rotten lives. (laughs) I'm talking to myself mostly. All right. About rotten rotten lives. No, no. See, that's not good. Saying that you have a rotten life is is bad karma, so I have to stop that. I don't have a rotten life. Everything is relative. Oh, look at you. Is this for real? P.O. Box 682? Is that really? Don't put it on the damn chat thing here. Well, I'm supposed to keep track of this shit now. You gotta send it to me normal. Let's email or something. All right, mama. And I will. I will. Yeah. You need... Uh-oh. Shit. Cut it out. Fucking cats can't even get along. They're fighting. See, I buy them a thing here, as you can see, this little, what do you call it? Tree, cat tree or whatever. And there's spots for all of them, but they still fight. They still fight over the spots. Jeffrey would love a mug. Okay, you'll get one. A mug will be, yes, 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 yes. A mug. But you got to send me your address. Not on the chat. Nobody wants... Don't be putting your address on a chat. Even though it's just a P.O. box. All right. Uh, how does Jeffrey fit into a P.O. box? 
He's got such a long neck. Oh my god, I just look at my face. I look very red. Oh well, don't look at your face. That's that's the remedy there. Okay. Um when I saw the the notification come onto my phone, I thought shit. The notification that said Amazon workers had rejected the union. And uh, it's kind of sickening, but it's not unexpected, even though I did have my hopes up. I did. Um, because of Joe Biden's um, endorsement of the union. Uh, and it just seemed like the uh, the American people are kind of catching on. Are they, though? Maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe I am wrong, because I actually did think, or I don't know. But then I get, then I look around. But uh, I did think that we had a pretty good shot here. But Amazon spent a lot of money ag uh, against the union, clearly. But the the fact is um they this anti-union campaign didn't uh didn't start with amazon it's been going on for decades for generations and i'm sure you hear it too i never i swear to god everywhere i've ever worked or whatever i've been in unions i've been not in unions i i have to say that whenever I, I've had the opportunity to be in a union. I have. But um, other people, I, I've, I've noticed that working class people generally will, um, will say negative things about the union. Oh, I have the dues, or what am I getting out of it? I hate to see this dues coming out of my chest. Or whatever they would say. They don't seem to really understand the the whole um american middle class thing they don't and it's also and we know this for for a fact that the american people generally believe that the united states is less unequal than it actually is and and they are well off the uh, off the uh the chart here their their idea of what uh, of the american middle class and and the income inequality and upward immobility is diluted they have an old fashioned notion of that maybe the um the from probably from uh the uh what do you call it from not the progressive era the the great prosperity yes so the in their minds in the minds of the American people, the the American worker, that's I believe that's where they think they're living in the great prosperity. They think that they're living in a country that uh, the greatest working class. I I don't know what 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 where they're living, but we know um, they've been bamboozled to think that. Living in a country where 80% is living check to check, that that's, that's functioning? So it, it goes to show you how, um, 
how the propaganda, how right, how corporate media, how right wing corporate media and uh, corporations in general have been successfully bamboozling the American people to cheer for and vote for their own demise. That's that's it. This is what makes me incredibly depressed sometimes. And also why we do the show. And that's really it. Because how else do the American people get that it's not, uh, it's not normal. It's not, I mean, if not normal, it is very normal. Excuse me. I was going to say, it's not normal living check to check. That's not normal uh, in a, that's not inducive or indicative of a functioning democracy. We have to get to the point where the American people understand that. And they won't tolerate, they won't tolerate it. They won't tolerate a, an economic system where they have to live check to check. Why are we tolerating it? Because some people, I guess, are uh, in the, uh, the middle class, what's left of the middle class, which is now below 50% of the population. I mean, come on. Why isn't that on every front page of every newspaper? Why isn't that the first line in every article about the Amazon union fight? Because the American people have become, I guess we have been conditioned to, like in the first Gilded Age, I suppose, to venerate these champions of business, these big business, these, these robber barons, that's what they are. You have a handful of billionaires in, in this pandemic. We've made more millionaires while the American people slip lower and lower on the ladder. This is unacceptable. The only, the only power that we have is our collective power. And they have, they have so effectively um, divided us. That's why Tucker Carlson is on um, Fox News pushing outright racist uh, conspiracy theories that have gotten people killed and will get more people killed. That's why. Because the American people, we don't have this, um, we don't believe that we're in this together. It's, that's bullshit. It's really every person for themselves that's what we have here but it's also coming from both sides you see it's not just see the republicans are monsters i know that the democrats also play into this they're less they're less monstrous of course because more will they won't let you starve or whatever in the street but they also play this i got mine game against us and, the, and on some level, you have to say, well, I guess the American people, what are you going to do? If we're in a system where the, you're, if you're living check to check or whatever it might be, and you're hanging by a thread, you're scraping by and trying to get through this life with as uh, much, with less you know, fuss or whatever, just get through the day, um, maybe that's, you got to think like that in a country like this, but I believe that, you know, uh, 
knowing a little bit about history and other in th- the world, that it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't. We're and the American people, I believe, understand that too. So, not not as many as I would have hoped in the Amazon plan, but I wonder if that has to do as well with um, with it being in Alabama. Now, this is not. It's not over. It's a setback. It certainly would have been a beautiful, uh, a beautiful thing to wake up to to see that the Amazon had um, had voted for their union because that would have set up the dominoes for the rest of the country. But it's not over. It's still not over. Wait, hold on. I'm having a problem with my stupid finder here. It's not letting me open up something. Everything sucks. That's why. Um, Become a patron. Let me see if I could do this without breaking the computer. Let's see if this works. All right. I just force quit my finder. Anybody with a Mac will understand what I mean. And let's see if that fixed it. Okay. It seemed to do it. That signed. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I wanted to read this article from Robert Reich's blog, robertreich.org, How Corporations Crush the Working Class. All right. He writes, The most dramatic change in the system of the last half century has been the emergence of corporate giants like Amazon and the shrinkage of labor unions. The resulting power imbalance has spawned near-record inequalities of income and wealth, corruption of democracy by big money, and the abandonment of the working class. Fifty years ago, General Motors was the largest employer in America. The typical GM worker earned $35 an hour in today's dollars and had a major say over the working conditions. Today's largest employers are Amazon and Walmart each paying far less per hour and routinely exploiting their workers, who have little recourse. The typical GM worker wasn't worth, quote-unquote, so much more than today's Amazon or Walmart worker and didn't have more valuable insights about working conditions. The difference is those GM workers had a strong union. They were backed by the collective bargaining power of more than a third of the entire American workforce. And this isn't the article, it's me, but it's, uh, it makes me think that the, many of the people in, uh, who voted in Amazon's union election, these are people that never, that n- didn't know unions. They don't have a first-hand experience with unions or being a part of a union household. They don't understand that uh, the uh, that there was a time where you, unions, the American people, the American workforce was thirty five percent unionized, and that also set the bar for non unionized workplaces. They set the standard because of it, and the American worker, all, uh, just having unions at that rate, the um, it gave the American people the understanding that just like we're in it together in our country, supposedly, we are in it together in our workforce. And yeah, 
if somebody is being exploited, if there is a worker being exploited in your company, then you're all being exploited. You're so. I know that might be a little uh, hard to hard to grasp in Alabama, perhaps. I don't know. Today, as uh, Robert Reich continues, today most workers are on their own. Only six point four percent of America's private sector workers are unionized, providing little collective pressure on Amazon, Walmart, or any other major employer to treat workers any better. Fifty years ago, the labor movement had enough political clout to ensure labor laws were enforced and that the government pushed giant firms like GM to sustain the middle class. Not to sustain Jeff Bezos's idea to go to effing Mars. Not to sustain this disgusting, re- repugnant notion of one person being a trillionaire. That's disgusting. It is. And if, oh, you're just envy. No, I'm not. It's not envy. It's being aware and informed that you can all, you, you, you call yourself an American patriot. You can make your choice. Concentrated wealth or democracy. You can't have both. This is why. The American people can't save four hundred dollars. Is it is is it because they're um, they just don't know how to save? No, it's because they're living check to goddamn check. That is unacceptable. And people who um, who are informed understand that. It's the truth. Fifty years ago, the labor movement had enough political clout to ensure labor laws were enforced and that the government pushed giant firms like GM to sustain the middle class. Today, organized labor's political clout is minuscule by comparison, and this was also part of the Republican assault on unions. So they, as it's also it goes hand in hand with their assault on democracy, because. They understood that their their um, that the Democratic Party was getting a large portion of their funding through labor unions. So f- kill the labor union, and you kill that funding. Fundamentally, Republicans are an anti-democratic ideology. It's conservatism that sucks. Okay. The biggest political players are giant corporations like Amazon. They've used that political muscle to back so-called right-to-work laws, whittle down federal labor protections, and keep the National Labor Relations Board understaffed and overburdened. Well, that's what they do. That's what Republicans do across the board, conservatives, um, allowing them to get away with egregious union-busting tactics. They've also impelled government to lower their taxes, extorted states to provide them giant tax breaks as a condition for locating facilities there, bullied cities where they were headquartered, and wrangled trade treaties allowing them to outsource so many jobs that blue-collar workers in America have little choice but to take low-paying, high-stress warehouse and delivery gigs. You see? Does that sound like the um, 
good corporate citizens. That's why you tax the your corporate uh, your corporations in a country. That's why you want labor unions in a democratic society because labor unions are democracy in the workforce. It should be a goddamn given that the American people vote for labor unions. It's because democracy, you would wonder, you would, you, you wonder, you, you hope, you think, you, but we know it's bullshit. But that democracy is in our blood. No, it's not. Most of the American people don't even know what the hell they're talking about. They don't even know civics. As we can see, look at all the morons who voted for Trump and the idiots who stormed the Capitol and still refuse to believe that, they're, that they lost. So, corporations, um, let's see. Uh, oh, and they've neutered antitrust laws, which in an earlier ever would have had companies like Amazon in their crosshairs. The decades, meaning the government would have tr broken Amazon up. Why is Amazon a a book store? A what else? It's like it's a everything store. It's a movie studio. It's all. It's it's a bunch of corporations. It's also an, a cloud service. It's it's too gigantic. Break it up. Let it be a cloud service on its own. Let it be a bookstore. Let it be a movie studio. This is why we have antitrust laws, anti-monopoly. We understood at one time how dangerous monopolies are to, to a free society, to government. That's why you have to keep the, um, you know, keep these corporations uh, under heel. They operate. There's no, there's no um, God-given right to be a corporation. We give that right. The laws of the United States give that right. And if you don't play in the rules, then go go somewhere else. Go to Liberland. Yeah, that's, that's your choice. You want to outsource, of course, but they the, the whole point, what is the meaning? It always goes down to it. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of an economy? Is it to make Jeff Bezos go to Mars? That's it. While the American people are living check to check, while the people on his uh, who work in his warehouses can't take a bathroom freaking break, they had too many bathroom breaks. Sickening. Decades later, here, here's Robert Rice continuing. This decades-long power shift, the ascent of corporate leviathans, and the demise of labor unions has resulted in massive uh, upward redistribution, I can't talk, of income and wealth. The richest 0.1% of Americans now have almost as much wealth as, get, get ready, Zero point, not one percent, zero point one, one point one, zero. I mean, that's how many people, that's got to be a handful of people now have as much wealth as, wait for it, the bottom 90 percent. The bottom 90 percent, that is disgusting. And any other 
country that has a functioning democracy, the American, I mean, not the American, the worker of that country, they would understand that. That's partly how we will win. I know that we will win because we're on the right side of history, decency, dignity, humanity. So are labor unions. So is basic fairness. People understand this. I don't understand why uh, the, the workers in Amazon are so taken in by, by Stockholm Syndrome. What are you talking about? Because, well, they're living in this right-wing uh, echo chamber, right? Every, this is Alabama you're talking about. Everywhere they look, Fox News is on or OAN or worse, some other cesspool spewing bullshit into their brains and it comes right out their mouth unfiltered they don't have any thoughts of their own no of course not that's why what we do here why this is why it's so important that's what communication is important reaching out to our fellow americans and hoping that the ones who are 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 eagerly, I don't know, not they eager, they don't have to be eager, but teachable. Sometimes they're teachable that we find that they find their way here and not somewhere, some other bullshit, some cesspool where they're talking about the great replacement or some other divide and conquer strategy that I mean we see coming a mile away. That's why I can't believe it. Sometimes it's. I mean, they don't have to change tactics because the old tactic is so goddamn effective still. And that goes to show you it's, it's a factor of things, many things. One is the stupidity of the American people, but it's also that they, it might, I, I almost feel bad in, because the many people are overworked and they're working, whatever, three uniquely American low-paying jobs. They don't have time, supposedly, to to read and get involved. I don't know. But it's a whole, um, the the whole full-court press against the, the American worker to keep the American worker down. And it's been coming from both sides. Yeah, it's not just the Republicans. The Republicans are right out in the open, you know, just right off the off the chain, anti-union, but the, but while pretending to be for the for the working class. But the Democrats, on the other hand, they're um, where were they? You know, when when uh, Scott Walker, for example, during Barack Obama's term. When he said if somebody came after labor unions, he'd put on his comfortable shoes and join the picket line. But when that time came, he shut his mouth. He did nothing. He said nothing. Uh, and the uh, in in uh, Wisconsin, the assaults on labor unions were successful. So what do you expect? Because uh, the American people are they're not they're I mean, they haven't been informed. They're they're dumb. They are divided and conquered. We're living in it. Of course, they've won. The corporations have won. They always do. We, the only chance we've ever had is us. We're in this together. 
All over the world, they understand this. Not, I mean, I, I might be exaggerating a little, but in other areas, they understand this. Right? Look at, well, in France. The, well, they have general strikes. Let's see, general strike. Let me look this up. Yep. General strikes. The American people don't do things like that. In, in Europe, you go after the workers. The other workers understand that they are all connected. You have one segment of workers going out on strike, and then they'll have the trucks will go out on strike, and the uh, the food service workers will go out on strike. I mean, and then it just escalates until everybody's on strike. And every now and then, the people at the top they need to understand that they need to get that the that the workers get that they're in this together, because that's how it's always worked for time uh, since recorded history. The the plebs got together and said, we're not taking this shit anymore. But they, uh, the, the Democrats, um, just like the Republicans, they may not be as bad, but we didn't get here because one party were uh, uh, attacked unions. The, the, the Democrats helped. I hate to say it, you know. This is, we're living in the aftermath of that. Things, we got a lot of work to do. I mean, from time, from recorded history here, like, for example, in ancient Rome, the secession of the plebs. I wish somebody would do a movie about that. Or even just one of these documentary. I love documentaries that that have reenactments in it. <laughs> That's one of the, my favorite kinds of documentaries. Like on Netflix, they have a, there's a, they have a show called the, I think it's called uh, Roman Empire or something. They do, it's like a documentary with um, reenactments. They should do this. They should do the secession of the plebs and give the 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 average Netflix user or whatever the hell give them a lesson in how we how you win you know the secession of the plebs for example this is from I mean I hate reading from Wikipedia but let's see if I because the Republicans have destroyed that too you know that's what they do everything they touch they destroy even that you can't wikipedia you can't have a system that relies on honor when you're living amongst republicans anybody can go in there and and edit it this is what they do republicans do things like that because they're not out they're not governing they're trying to make you think they're governing but here's from a here's from a website called historydaily.org when the peasants went on strike, ancient Rome's secession of the plebs. Plebeian farmers interacting with Roman patricians. Oh, him, this is a picture, blah, blah, blah. In ancient Rome, there was a strike. Excuse me. Hold on, hold on. 
In ancient Rome, there was a strict class structure. I don't know why I have dyslexia all the time. The upper classes of society, the senators, patricians, and the equestrian classes were the wealthy elite who could afford to live lives of leisure and prosperity. Below them, far below, were the plebs. In the absence of a middle class, they were a stark contrast between the upper elite and the lowly plebs. The plebeian class, however, greatly outnumbered the elite. And a few times in Roman history, they banded together to use the power of their numbers. Occasionally, they even went on strike, leaving the spoiled wealthy elite to fend for themselves. These events became known as the secessions of the plebs. The plebeian class was the working class of ancient Roman society. They were one step above slaves on the social hierarchy. Plebs were free Roman citizens, but they were stuck at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. These were farmers, common laborers, bakers, and builders of society. They toiled long hours to earn enough money to support their families, as well as the elite class to whom they paid taxes. At least five times in Roman history, the plebeians got sick of breaking their backs to keep the wealthy in grape and palm fronds. They called the secessio plebis, or the secession of the plebs. These events were akin to modern-day labor strikes, bringing the economy to a grinding halt and disrupting the comfortable lives of the ruling class. It was the most effective way for the plebeian class to shake up the hierarchy and make the patricians take notice. In, in the first secession in 494 BC, this is what we're talking about. It goes back this long. That's why the, the ruling elite of our society, that's why they keep us divided, nicely divided, especially along racial lines. But they also keep us divided in a way, in this way, where they have, they've so propagandized many of our fellow Americans to think that um, to tax the rich is being punitive. You see, that's the, that's the language of the elites, that if you're taxing them, you're taxing success. Well, in my view... You're, what's success? What's the definition of success? If you're living in this goddamn country and keeping your head above water, you're, uh, you're a success in spite of all of the bullshit being peddled your way. Be, it's, you got to carry that. Carrying the truth of this society, of the upward immobility and the income disparity, but... Also, the bullshit in the same turn, where, you go, where you're being told that, oh, everyone, you're driven, you're the, United, the, the American dream, right? That, that the pinnacle, the, the highest aspiration for human beings, apparently, according to corporate media and, and the, well, the, the mouthpieces of the, of the ruling class, is that you're some kind of entrepreneur, can't just be a an average worker who makes the friggin' world go round, right? The people who make the world go round are the people who get up in the morning and sweep the floors and whatever the hell, whatever the hell is done, 
the, the running around in the Amazon warehouse. These are the people that, that keep the world going. I think we'll be fine without Jeff Bezos. But the American people, they, they start buying that bullshit, meeting somebody for a beer, right? When you're, you're voting for president, oh, I'd like to meet them for a beer. They're just like me, a sucker, I guess, right? A sap. Somebody who, excuse me, sir, no, 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 I don't want to bother you. No, no, don't worry. I, I'll take your trickle and, and happily take it as long as I could meet you for a beer. You're, isn't he great? Just like us. They don't seem to understand. Many of these people, I don't understand them, really. How do you not understand that uh, your place in the, in the, his, in the hierarchy here? Read a goddamn book. Read some, you know, the, the history of Western civilization. That might help. Start there. But if you're nice and un, uh, unquestioningly, uncomplaining pleb that's taking your scraps happily, well, no wonder we're in this boat. Guess what? It doesn't have to be this way, though. It really doesn't. And you and we don't have to apologize either. the The thing that pisses me off, um, as f like for example in Norway, how we've discussed this before, McDonald's workers, people who work for McDonald's in Norway, they they because the government mandates that they that corporations pay living wage people can make a career out of working for mcdonald's here they peddle this bullshit like it's some kind of starter job when we know that's not true many people work there permanently there are especially there are seniors working there because they can't live in the united states of serfs and lords on socialist security and the 401k scam the first 401k generations are retiring and they just don't have enough because that's how it goes here in life and when you're living in the united states of serfs and lords and you know you're in the middle of a pandemic and you got to keep a roof over your head but you have this 401k well and then but you lost your job and oh well there goes the 401k which was that a whole other scam, the 401k, by the way, that the Republicans forced on this country to keep the American people, well, to separate them from socialist security. This is all a part of their, their swindle and to get them involved in the stock market, stock market again. I can't talk. Stark market. It is a stark market. Uh, let's see. Norway... McDonald's, but I've heard this before. We, we were talking about this before about um, how the McDonald people who work at McDonald's, um, whenever the minimum wage, our minimum wage fight comes up, this comes up too. In Norway, you'll pay twenty three dollars for a single meal of Big Mac soda and fries. So freaking what? 
Norwegians pay the most for their meals at McDonald's, shelling out nearly 23 U.S. dollars for a transaction. But uh, while restaurants in Switzerland average nearly 5 million sales, the highest traffic in any of the world, these are just some of the findings, blah, blah, blah. Norway, where the cost of living is among the highest in the world. The average receipt for fast food clocked in around $23, whatever. But that's because they pay workers a living wage. And most people understand that the, those who are those unfortunate souls who consume the McDonald's, who purposefully go and consume McDonald's, I don't know, understand that, but um, they, they, uh, they get that they're paying to live in a decent society, you know? It kind of pays for itself then. So, let me see. Where was I? Oh, the secession. So, in 494 BC, the plebs were fed up with the Senate passing tax laws that increased the debt of the working class. Nothing changes. Do you understand? You're talking about 494 BC, before the Common Era. Lucius Centilius Velutas, a working-class pleb, suggested that the workers unite in a walk-off to protest the doings of the Senate. In large numbers, the plebs walked out of the city and congregated on the sacred mountain, quote-unquote, the Mon Sacer, Sacer? Sacer? while Vitellus and others negotiated with the patricians. The strike was a rousing success, resulting in the expungement of many of the plebs' debts and the creation of the of a office known as the Tribune of the Plebs. This is the first time that the the plebs had a seat at the table in the Senate. The first government position to be occupied by a member of the plebeian class. Otherwise, you, you think that the um, the patricians decided to have a tribune of plebs because they were feeling generous. It's the same story from from the beginning of time. It's human beings are human beings. We haven't changed. The circumstances change, but fundamentally, this is the same old story. That's why it's so annoying to me. How annoying it is to live amongst these uh, these plebs, these Stockholm syndrome suffering plebs, who, uh, and if this were, I I know, and I realize this, if this were any time, any other time, if it was four hundred and forty nine B.C., and if it were uh, any other time in Western civilization, we would st- we would have to deal with. Those who, um, who, who, who cheered their own demise, who didn't, who were like, oh, the gods made the, the senators and the patricians who they are, and who am I to go against the gods? We've had this throughout history. Now, they don't say that about an intergenerational monarchy in this country, but they say it about... The, the the richest people in America. Well, I I wouldn't want to be. Ta- that's just not right. Taxing the rich, taxing success. 
Uh, no poor person ever gave me a job. This is what I hear from right wingers all the time. No poor person ever gave me a job. Well, I have to uh, once again be after wiping a tear from my eye because it, it depresses me. The same shit. I have to remind the American people. It doesn't matter how many billions or trillions Jeff Bezos has. But if nobody has money to spend in the economy, he ain't getting anywhere. There's no going to Mars. Well, I guess he can still go F off to Mars. But um, how does that not make any sense to these people? That when people have the earn a fair share of the profit that their labor makes possible, then, then we're talking. Then we can, might have a, a, a country that works for everybody, but it's all broken. It's broken. I understand that. Money in politics, that is the root of all of this evil. But we see uh, it's not just uh, it's not that we're it's just being inflicted on us there there are many of us who are cheering this who think that they they that that voted against the union and amazon and thought well i don't need to pay any dues they're suckers saps morons i'm sorry let somebody else uh, empathize with them. Like, they can call Tom Hartman. He'll, he's a nice person. <sighs> so here's the second secession. Uh, let's see. Let's, the Roman government with its plebeian representatives worked well enough until 449 BC. The patricians killed a member of the tribune of the plebs, a man who had been outspoken in his criticism of their abuse of powers, which had spread outside the Senate halls. A man named Appius Claudius Crassus tried to force a plebeian woman to marry him against her family's wishes. To spare her from the forced marriage, the woman's own father stabbed her to death. Yes, that's the way women always fared. Um, as, well, women were property. That's up until, my God... The 60s, I think, here in this country. But in general, throughout history, Western civilization, unfortunately, women were property. The incident ignited riots throughout the city. The plebs demanded that certain members of the Senate resign. When they refused, the plebs did what worked in the past. They retreated to the sacred mountain, crippling the Roman economy. And, of course, the patricians agreed. The third and fourth secessions of the plebeian class went on strike again in 445 B.C. and 342 B.C. And as it always is, right? You fight the, you gotta keep fighting the same battles again. And there is no final victory. There is no final defeat. It will, what we'll be fighting this battle as we've been. You know, I bet you the um, the those who fought. The, uh, the, in the first Gilded Age, when the progressive era started rolling in, they were probably like, gee, we fixed that. But, yep, here we are. In both cases, the plebs were again protesting how the patricians in the Senate were pushing out the plebeian representatives and abusing power. In each case, the patricians got a wake-up call. 
to show them just how ill-equipped they were to take care of themselves. Finding themselves up to their ears in dirty laundry and hungry horses, in an ironic twist, they became the unwashed masses. The last of the plebeian strikes took place in 287 BC, and by all accounts, was the secession that brought about the real change in uh, real change in the Roman government. This strike resulted in the Horstein Law, which was passed by Quintius Hortensius after negotiations for the return of the plebeian workers. Under the Hortensian Law, the patricians and plebeians had equal political rights, and the patricians were no longer allowed to approve or disapprove of the work done by the tribune of the plebs. In fact, as a result of the Fifth Secession, the Plebeian Assembly was created. Via this Plebeian Assembly, the working class could pass their own laws, try to try their own judicial cases, and elect their own representatives. It was the first step towards a true democracy. Well, if you ignore the fact that they were still clearly delineated classes, and, uh, of course, women were nothing, and... Less than nothing. They didn't even have names, really. You'd be called Julia the Younger, Julia the Elder. You would be your family's name. I would have hated it. My God. I, I, I often think about what would I do if I lived back then. I would probably end up in some religious order, right? I think that's probably what a bu- what women did besides being prostitutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see, who's in the chat room? Wow, look at you. Right in time for the uh, for the music. All right, my name, whoop. Whoops, whoops, whoops. My name is Tara Devlin. Where was I? Who am I? Guys, thank you. Remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell so we know when the show is on. You know when the show is on. And yet again, I got to say thank you, Jim. Jim Leff and Sam Stallard for tonight's show, for being patrons, for going over to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and, and hey, saying... We stick together, we win. I appreciate that. And you not only will keep this show going, you will keep it growing. Excuse me. So, here, to continue with Robert Reich's, um, his article, he writes, uh, where we left off, the richest 0.1% of Americans now have almost as much wealth as the bottom 90% put to Together. That is so disgusting. Ugh. That should be the first sentence in every communication regarding anything economic in this country. Especially the, the, the question as to whether somebody like Jeff Bezos needs to be taxed at a higher rate, okay? The pa- now, Robert Reich writes, the power shift can be reversed, but only with stronger labor laws resulting in more unions. 
truffer trade deals, and renewed commitment to antitrust. The Biden administration and congressional Democrats appear willing. The House has just passed the toughest labor reforms in more than a generation. Biden's new trade representative promises trade deals that will protect American workers rather than exporters. And Biden is putting trust busters in critical positions at the Federal Trade Commission and in the White House. And across the country, labor activism has surged from the Amazon union effort to frontline workers walking out and striking to demand better pay, benefits, and safety protections. I'd like to think America is at a tipping point, similar to where it was 120 years ago when the ravages and excesses of the Gilded Age precipitated what became known as the Progressive Era. Then, Reformers reined in the unfettered greed and inequalities of the day and made the system work for the many rather than the few. Isn't that the point? Out of many, one, I mean, come on. The many rather than the, how about we're in this together? How does um, the first trillionaire how does that say we're in this together? This is, that is so repugnant to me, even saying that sentence, given where we, where we are, given everything, that the, the, the promises of the American dream and its reality, where the American people have to go on GoFundMe for health care, where... Uh, where in their golden years, they got to work at McDonald's. That's what they want to do, right? When you're retired, you want to go get a job at McDonald's? Come on. It's no exaggeration to say that we're now living in the second Gilded Age, and today's progressive activists may be on the verge of ushering us into a second progressive era, and they need all the support that we can give them. Ain't that the truth? Here, let's see. I wanted to read this uh, thing about the Amazon. Where, where is it? Where people were like, where they were explaining their vote. Where the heck is it? Uh, Amazon... Let's see. Here it is. This is from Vox by Jason Del Rey. And he writes, whether or not the union's challenge in Bessemer fails, and we know it did now, Amazon will face labor battles everywhere. So... Amazon has come out on top in the largest union U.S. election in the company's history. But the labor battle appears far from over. I hope so. I hope he's right. The retail, wholesale, and department store union announced on Friday that it planned to file unfair labor practice charges against Amazon over allegations of employee intimidation and manipulation. What a surprise. The union also requested a hearing before the National Labor Relations Board to go over its objections. Meanwhile, activists who's, who have worked for Amazon said the election outcome will not stop them 
from organizing, from stop more organizing efforts at other Amazon facilities in the U.S. And reports in recent months point to the Teamsters trying to organize other Amazon warehouses and delivery drivers. In short, the Amazon union conversation is entering a new phase, and here's what to expect. Of the 2,536 workers who voted in the union election at Amazon's uh, Alabama facility known as BHM1, 1,798 voted against unionization compared to 738 who voted to unionize. Ballots from another 505 workers were challenged by Amazon, but those votes won't change the outcome, so the election's over. In a virtual press event organized by Amazon after the vote, four Bessemer warehouse workers who voted against unionizing said that they believe the union lost because most colleagues appreciate the benefits they already have at Amazon and didn't think they needed a union to make changes. The union, this is a quote, the union said that we would never have a seat at the table on our own, but we actually have a seat at the table, said an Amazon worker named William Stokes. Now we're talking with senior management. Over the next hundred days, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Well, he probably doesn't sound like that. He sounds like this. So change will come out of this. Oh. So what changed? I thought if everything was great. What do you mean? What changed? So the union organizing actually pushed management to make some changes, saying, okay, we'll talk for the next hundred days. How about, imagine what would have happened if you did have a union to go to bat for you. If the, uh, if the th- mere threat of a union makes them finally open their doors and say, okay, what do you got? What do you, could you imagine what would happen if you did have a union? You might actually get some bathroom breaks. You might actually be treated like a human being. And not a machine. Oh, and don't worry. They will replace you with machines as soon as possible. Do not worry. Because that's the meaning of life here in the United States of serfs and lords, isn't it? Get what you can get. Suck on everybody like a goddamn parasite sucking on a host and discard them. That is the American way. That's the American dream now. You too, not not you too, can have a decent middle class life. You too can come up with some scam, some way to separate your fellow Americans from their money and then never look back. Isn't that what everybody wants, to be able to treat their fellow citizen like, like, like borrowed mules, like nothing? Isn't that the American way? That's the capitalist way, right? That's what we're supposed to hear and know and, and, and take into our hearts. The American dream, it's not e pluribus unum. It's not the look at this uh, successful, functioning democracy where everybody wants to come here because a middle-class life is the American birthright. So, not that's, I mean, that's not the reality, though. 
What's the reality? That used to be the case. I mean, for white workers, let me stress that. Our racist-ass history has certainly um, helped get us into this point. But, uh, yeah, so this, the article continues, this person, William Stokes, did not provide details of the changes sought. He just said, now we're going to be, there's going to be some changes because the union did that. This, the, the mere threat of organizing made Amazon finally open their doors. Why didn't they do that to begin with when you knocked William? Because you are nothing. You are nothing to them. You are less than nothing. You're, you're nothing. You're a useless eater. And sometimes you open your mouth to put something in your mouth, like a machine, you know, feed the machine. And sometimes you use that mouth to, to complain. Just shut your mouth and get back to work. I mean, if if Amazon um, is so great, what changes are you talking about? I wish this article had, or the author of the article had asked this happy Amazon worker what changes he's trying to get, that he voted against the union. You stupid, short-sighted dupe. You see? He's saying that, oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking? What changed? Are you that dumb? Well, that's the way that the Republicans and the conservatives and the elites and the, you know, the uh, the people who have the platforms that have a lot more listeners than I do, they've, they've totally propagandized the American, many of the American worker to think that they have more in common with the likes of Jeff Bezos than they do with their other workers. Because the other workers, it's everybody for themselves. And that's definitely a a Democratic Party problem as well. You know, I got mine. I got my health care. Why should I? You know, that's, that's something that really particularly bothers me. Because it is another form of divide and conquer. When you're saying, I neg- my union negotiated this great health care. Why should I ensure that you have health, that every single person has health care? By losing my health care. If everybody has health care, nothing is lost, you stupid effer. But that's what we've been told, right? Where it, no wonder this country is the COVID capital of Earth and, and so many other terrible statistics. You know, really. Because we have been so stupidly divided. And the, the American people, they, you don't have to fall for it. You really don't. But I guess it's easier. I guess. I don't know. It's easier to fall for the divide and conquer bullshit strategy and then instead of using Google to look and learn and, and figure out what the F's been going on for time immemorial since recorded history, that you're not on the... the you're, you're not, um, you know, you're, you're, you're expendable. 
what do you want to be treated like? Do you, do you want to be treated like it's nothing but a serf, a pleb? Or do you want to be treated like an American citizen? Supposedly, that has some kind of clout. But what am I mean, I'm living in a fantasy land if I'm thinking that the American worker can see through the the bullshit, the haze of bullshit that they have so ingrained them with. Right? I mean, just this guy's statement. Now, the union said that we would never have a seat at the table on our own, but we actually have a seat at the table. Now, we're talking with senior management. What do you mean now? Over the next hundred days, we're going to talk about things that we want to change. So change will come out of this. So the union helped you get this meeting with the friggin' management now. Why now? You stupid dope. Around the same time, pro-union Amazon workers appeared with union officials at a separate virtual press event. The message they tried to get across was that they are not done speaking up or fighting for what they feel they deserve. Bezos, you are wrong. You are wrong all the way around, one Amazon worker, Linda Burns, said, referencing Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos. You misled a lot of people. Amazon pushed hard to convince workers to vote against unionization. The company set up an anti-union website that harped on the fact that the union dues would cost full-time workers close to 500 a year. Well, maybe if you paid them a living wage, they could roll that into something that seemed like an investment. That's probably a better investment than they would on Wall Street. Putting that goddamn dollar into a, into a stock. What the company didn't say on the website is that in Alabama, unions can't require workers to pay dues. So a union at Amazon's BHM1 wouldn't be able to force workers to become members and pay dues. Do you see how slick they are? Just even in that alone in Alabama that unions aren't, can't require workers to pay dues. How dare they even pass a law like that? Could you imagine these filthy fascist fuckers? They wouldn't pass a law saying that the corporation can't do A, B, or C, but a union can't require dues? You can't... What? That's ridiculous. Anything to destroy the unions, and this has been very successful, just like now they're going after voting, and that's, if we allow them, they will be successful there too in destroying democracy once and for all. Ugh. Even in such a situation, these employees would still be covered by a union contract and, and would be represented by the union if the company violated the agreement in a way that harmed the worker. Amazon also convened mandatory in-person meetings during worker shifts to stress the downside of unions, sending frequent texts to workers with anti-union messages and encouraging them to vote no. The company went so far as to post anti-union flyers on employee bathroom stalls doors. 
The retail giant also did something else that appears to be even more controversial. Amazon pressed the U.S. Postal Service to install a mailbox on the grounds of the Bessemer Warehouse right before voting started. And after the NLRB denied the company's request to place a ballot drop box on the property, some workers have said they were intimidated by the installation of the mailbox as well as the messages from Amazon to use it and believe that the company wanted to monitor the people who voted. Well, why the fuck else would they put a goddamn mailbox there? Why? What is the point of that, you scum-sucking anti-American bastards? What is the point of intimidating your fellow Americans from, uh, from, from forming a, a, a union? Democracy in the workplace, which is more American than apple pie. Why would you put that there? Of course it's to intimidate. To keep track of the people who voted yes. This is what they're doing. Who voted, period. Right? You can also vote. You can say, I'm staying out of it. I don't want to go over there and put this in there put my my vote in the box because they'll know I voted. And then there'll be a target on my back and I'll lose my uniquely American job that's driving me into an early grave. Amazon spokesperson Heather Knox previously told the Washington Post that the RWDSU pushed for a mail-only election, which the NLRB's own data showed would reduce turnout. This mailbox, which only the United States Postal Service has access to, was a simple, secure, and completely optional way to make it easy for employees to vote, because that's what you're all about, right? The same company that spent millions of dollars in anti-union dirty tricks including making fake Twitter accounts for fake employees who were fake happy about their uh, fake jobs at, at Amazon. You see, there's a real easy solution to this. If you want to get, uh, get accolades from your workers, don't be um, like Amazon. Don't, you, then you won't have to hire or you won't have to pretend or come up with fake Twitter accounts because the employees will be actually happy you see you won't have to make fake ones and get caught out with your fake twitter accounts now that sounds like the activity of people who are sincerely um concerned about their employees and want them to true to, to truly and freely and fairly voice their opinions the mailbox. Oh boy, where is it? There goes the music. Hold on a second, guys. Oh my God, this is the end of Progressive Voices Show. You guys are great. Remember, become a patron at Patreon.com/slash Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. Is the way of life. It has to be. Thank you for all your support, and we will win. Because we are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy, and humanity. We will win. My name is Tara Devlin. 
remember that we stick together we win i'll see you very soon that's right yep yep damn that time goes fast all right where are we where are we yes 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 okay the mailbox and the anti-union messaging around dues will both likely come up in the union's complaints. The NLRB said that the parties have five business days to file objections contesting the conduct or results of the election. The RWDSU has already said it will file unfair labor practice charges against Amazon. But the MLRB could choose to hold a hearing to find out more about the union's claim is an inv if an investigation deems them credible. The labor board could then choose to throw out the results and call for a new election. Well, that would be brilliant. So the Bessemer Union election, whether or not the results are upheld, will likely not be the last union drive at an Amazon facility in the U.S., Christian Smalls, a former Amazon assistant warehouse manager who the New York attorney general said was unlawfully fired for his labor activism, told Recode that he is in the process of organizing workers at the Staten Island warehouse where he worked before Amazon dismissed him. Although we may not have gotten the results we wanted this time around, this doesn't discourage the workers of Amazon, he wrote in a text message. To, to recode if anything it motivates we believe it's possible even more so than before so i still consider this a victory for bessemer to spark the fuse which ignited us all to be talking about unions again in this country so yeah Smalls and others have created their own union, the Amazon Labor Union, that they hope will eventually represent workers not just in Staten Island, but if successful in other Amazon facilities. God. Yep. Oh, it would have been such a beautiful sight. Alas, the fight continues. The battle's not over. All right, well, let me see. Where's my friends? Where's my friends here? Where are you? I'm looking for you. Where the heck is you? Where is you? Here we go. Sorry, guys. Thank you all. I'm looking. I see some uh, people here in the chat room. Thank you all. I want to say thanks. Yes, Paradu, power in numbers. We wait for trickle to face no more. To the face? Oh, we wait for trickle to the face no more. Yes, that's right. All right. A couple of other things. I'm trying to be mindful of the time. I don't know. Which one do I want to do? I'm looking at the time. We're running out of time. Because I wanted to... Let's talk about... Um, well, since we were talking... There were a couple of things I wanted to talk about. 
Mitch McConnell, of course, whatever, fuck him. Uh, I wanted to talk about the, well, let's, well, a couple of things. Well, fucking Joe Manchin, oh my God. And then Matt Getz, oh my God. There's so much to talk about. That's why I have to say thank you all for your support, really. What do you, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about, here's Matt Getz a little bit. Well, we could talk about it all. I, I just wanted to show you, well, we know that he went and spoke, Matt Getz spoke to a women's group. Oh my God. Republicans, really? Will you ever, ever, ever uh, surprise me? Won't that be nice? Just do something that's out of out of character and not be completely um, a bunch of dupes who look for, I mean, what is it about? I don't know. What is it about truth? What is it about <laughs> dignity? Especially these women who invited Matt Getz to speak to them. Um, of course, of course they did. You understand you, you dumb bitches, excuse my language, but you're, you invited somebody who paid a 17 year old to have sex with him through Venmo. All right. There's a record and the scumbag wrote tuition and school supplies. That's who he is. This is Republicans. Here, let's play a little bit of his. He went to speak to the to the Stockholm syndrome sufferers at the American whatever summit, the Save America summit. Oh fuck you! So sick of you. What are you saving America from? We have to save her from you. Save America. From what? Democracy? From the f fair results of an election? What? From what? Black Lives Matter? Is that who you're saving it from? Of course you are. Save it for the unworthy white scumbags like the Matt Getzes of Earth who have no business being anywhere in the halls of power. I mean, this is a true scumbag. Somebody who had everything handed... He is everything that is, is, is a cliche. Had everything handed to him by his daddy. And, of course, he doesn't want to leave his cushy, phony, baloney government job. Look, he gets to hang out and uh, he gets a lot of attention. He's a, like another narcissist. They put him on, whatever he was, I mean, I don't even know why, how anybody gets what they're talking about. These phony ass, fake, pretend human beings. That's what Matt Getz reminds me of, of somebody who, well, he's a, I don't know. I mean, like, like, for example, I know that Twitler is a sociopath. So I, I something is wrong with Matt Getz. How? does a grown man end up like Matt Getz? I don't know. Showing 
naked photos of people on the House floor. That alone should have been the end of the stupid-looking Matt Getz. Here's Matt Getz. Because he's... He's now he's a victim, of course. Thanks for having me. Oh God! Thank you, Amy. Thank That's you, what my she said. Fiance, Ginger. Oh yes. I love you with all Ginger. my heart. Yeah, sure. And I can assure you, the best is indeed yet to come. Shut your filthy. Keep fighting. Lying face. After the Russia hoax, the knockoff Ukraine impeachment sequel and an election that was stolen as a consequence of illegal last-minute changes to the rules. Can you believe this shit? The lies continue. It never stops. This is why I get depressed in this country, because it never effing stops. It never stops, does it? The lies. They, li they just keep going and going and going. There's no consequences. People will keep dying. I mean, there's never, it never stops. How many fucking people gotta die? Oh, no, uh, don't, that's not the right question. It doesn't matter. The, the right question is, will it ever matter? That's, that these people are lying, that they're causing, it's not just the death of individuals, too. They are killing this country. They're killing the grand experiment in liberal democracy. Nothing less than that. It's, if they are allowed to continue with the tyranny, the tyranny of the minority, the tyranny of the lies that they push and peddle and shove down our throats, I know, calling Dr. Freud, I always, I'm, I'm using that deliberately because... Republicans are always whining that things are being shoved down their throats. So I think they should go to see a shrink about that. But Matt effing gets. He's a hero to them. These women actually, they know. I mean, the charges came out that. He's going down. Matt gets is going goddamn down. You understand that guy. The uh, Greenberg friend of his who set him up with the underage girls. Just in a sugar daddy relationship. That's who he is. He's not even, he's not, he's a 39 year old man. He's already a dumb, a, a, a dumb bitch. No, he's already a cliche. He's, of course, he's been, he was born a friggin' cliche. There's nothing more basic bitch than, than some old white sugar daddy. Talk about, ugh, gross. Sugar daddy. Who, I mean, he loves his fiance, the love of his life. Where do these people find people? And then the, the women, the women for MAGA, whatever, they know the charges against him. They're not even going to let them let the the process play itself out. They don't care because being a Republican woman means being even a bigger misogynist than a Republican male. It's a requirement. Hence, let's invite Matt Getz to speak to us for what? 
And they complain. These are the same people that complain about virtue signaling all the time. I keep hearing this now on the right. Well, because Megan McCain said it, and then I heard uh, friggin' uh, Mitch McConnell say it's virtue signaling. Because we're supposed to not signal, uh, I guess, virtues? We're not supposed to communicate with each other, even though human beings, that's what we are. We're, we are storytellers. We communicate. That's why we are interdependent species that lives together. We don't live in our own little isolated universes. We all get together. We live in community. But, you know, the Republicans, what the hell? They, they, does it matter to let the, let the investigation play out to find out if, if it's true? Why don't you wait? Wait for the dust to settle a minute before you invite this sexual predator, fake-ass, so-called representative. All he is is an attention whore. A a white, privileged, failing upward attention whore. The epitome of white privilege, and I guess that's part of why the women for whatever, MAGA, why they invited him. Because he is everything that sucks about them. And they got to embrace that. I guess he triggers libs. Is that what it means? Triggering libs? What are we... You know what? It's triggering. It's because you suck. That's triggering. You suck so much that you are unfit. And all you got, that's all you have, is... Is making us annoyed by what? Inviting a sexual predator to speak to you? A, a, an overgrown, pubescent succubus, a, a true parasite who d- does nothing. Who does nothing but peddle the big lie. He is a danger to this country, like all of them. They are. They are destroying this country. Him repeating that lie. What are the consequences? For him repeating that effing big lie. They, what's going to happen? I mean, they're passing all of their fake uh, voter laws, their voter suppression laws, based on this lie. Never forget. They're traitors. They are goddamn anti-democratic, anti-American, dictator-envying traitors. Trying, right before our very eyes, to destroy the grand experiment in liberal democracy once and for all. And we are hanging by a, by a thread. They're trying to destroy it. It's, you're not seeing things. It's happening. Yes. And him and the rest of them continuing to lie to spread this big lie after January 6th. We saw what happened. Their filthy fascist white supremacist monsters stormed the Capitol, killed people based on this lie. And this prick, this Venmo goddamn prostitution, sexual predator peddling prick just got up there and spread that lie again. 
and those idiot women. You dumb, 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 dumb women. Don't you have any self-respect? That's what's so baffling to me. It's also baffling. It's like the same question I can ask the anti-union workers. Don't you have any self-respect? Really? To be so bam-freaking-boozled? Constantly? God. Thank you, Garfield, for your super chat. Garfield says, greetings all. Thank you, Garfield. Thank you, everybody, for be hanging out in the chat room. I see the chat room is jumping. And if you're on other chats somewhere... Go to youtube.com slash C for channel slash Tara Buster. Okay, let's go back to this son of a bitch here. Folks have sort of gotten to know that I'll take on the establishment of both parties and I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, yeah. You're a real man, Matt. You real freedom fighter. You scumbag. Now he's he's like Madonna rebranding herself. Now he's rebranding himself as the as a persecuted conservative because they're so professionally and incessantly persecuted constantly. That's all we got to do. We don't have to clean up their messes. We're not busy building coffins and caskets for the 550,000 Americans they helped murder and counting. We're not busy cleaning up their messes, trying to get people vaccinated, trying to get them to wear a freaking mask in spite of their scumbag representatives like Matt Getz. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Elise on the chat. Matt posted a pic of himself and his fiance on Twitter with the message, rolling with my ride or die. Oh, God. Oh, God. How, Lord? That's why I'm depressed. I see this. Rolling with my ride or die. Oh, God, help us. The impeachment sham. And then the Russia hoax. And the Ukraine hoax. Everything's a fucking hoax with these liars. It's not a hoax. Sorry. It's not a hoax. People don't go to prison for a hoax, you scumbag. Well, at least in a country that's functioning. And who needs to be pardoned from a hoax? These people, uh, it's part of why the Republicans encourage ignorance and encourage them to not, not uh, study anything or read or only get information from them. It's because I guess they're afraid maybe that um, somebody might... If you're educating yourself, these right-wingers might find that when they're reading, let's say, about the um, Third Reich, they might find themselves looking in a mirror, you know? How are, or in any autocratic takeover, if it's 
if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, I mean, oh, that it's a damn duck. And there, and and you're not you're not seeing things. It's happening. God help me. Vast majority of constituents believe Representative Gates is innocent and should resign. Should not resign. Excuse me. Should not resign. This April 10th poll comes from Victory Insights and finds that less than one of five of Getz's constituents believe that the congressman is guilty and over 60% say that he's innocent. Yes, because... That's how it is with Republicans. They have, uh, being a Republican means never having to say you're sorry. It's like the just, it's like the Kavanaugh effect. Just bang the table, cry, whine. Doesn't matter how many underaged girls you're trafficking on a sugar daddy website. I mean, this is how, how pathetic he is. Sugar daddy website. Oh, honey, if that's your love, your ride or die, your love of your life, you're in for a surprise or two or five. But maybe, maybe she likes it. I don't know. Maybe she, well, she's got to have some, uh, a, some bankruptcy in the integrity department to be, even be with Matt Getz, you know? Disgusting. Here's more. We have your back. That is the sentiment I have heard from thousands of Americans at restaurants, walking through public parks, sometimes just out on the street in emails, online donations. Oh my God. And I can't tell you how much it means you to me. You stupid sons this past of bitches. Week has been full of encouragement from President Trump. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan to the MAGA nation that shares so much love. So let me assure you, I have not yet begun to fight for the country oh my I God. and for the nation that I know benefits from America first principles. Oh my God. You don't love the country. You love being a parasite. That's it. He, Of course he loves the country. He loves sucking on the government teat being a cushy phony baloney representative of the dumb dumbs of his district that's the best thing that's ever happened to him he gets on fox news he gets to uh, take ecstasy with the likes of joel greenberg he gets to uh, you know do whatever the hell he wants and then when the his disgusting behavior catches up to him he gets to proclaim himself the victim. He'll get the morons. This is this is the Republican way. It's been going on forever. And I suggest, uh, if, if you listen to um, Rachel Maddow's podcast, Bagman, which was about, uh, who was it? You know, Bagman, uh, the vice president, Nixon's vice president. What was this? Now it's escaping me. Spiro Agnew, and what a crook he was. An outright, out-in-the-open crook that would open up the, the drawer. He would uh, say, um, 
when he was he was a commissioner or something he gave out this is what republicans do you know they, they're in office one hand washes the other so when they get a little power it's all about what they can get it's not about making the freaking world safe for democracy or even their damn district no it's about themselves there is nobody that personifies that more than Matt gets. Oh, and there and there are a lot of the Republican and he's he's that could give him a run for his money, or your money, as the case may be. But th- back then, it was fascinating when I was listening to if if you listen to Rachel Maddow's podcast, Bagman, and sh- she played um, Spira Agnew all of his defenses when all of the his crimes the bribe and the bribes he was taking when they out right out in the open and he would proclaim himself the victim of people targeting him and uh, it's the same shit oh they're all they're after me because of i'm such an effective conservative it's not that you're a crook who says, oh, uh, I'll be right back, and uh, leaves your drawer open for them to put money into into the, uh, you know, into the drawers. So he's not there when, they, when the money mysteriously appears in his desk. You know what I mean? I mean, these people are, they're cliches. Matt Getz is a cliche. He's going to fight for you. What the hell does he do? Oh, I want everybody to say the... Pledge of Allegiance. And then when everybody laughs in your filthy, I don't know what, Eddie Munster looking. What's with them looking like Eddie Munster, all of them? We got Matt Getz, you got, remember? What's his name? Paul Ryan, another Eddie Munster looking wolf face. I'm built for the battle, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, you sure are uh, your biggest fan, aren't you? I'm built for the battle. Bullshit. You're not built for nothing. You're built for sucking on the government teat and the rest of us like a goddamn parasite. I'm built for the battle. Oh, you, you terrible person. How? How did it get this bad? everyone how how are we gonna ever get out of here get out of this not this mess with all of these idiots applauding for him saying they don't even let the damn investigation happen oh everybody's picking on the republicans they can rape they could sexually assault they could traffic underage girls they could show naked pictures of these underage girls on the house floor. Oh, that's really making America great again, right? You fuckers. Oh, my God. The smears against me range from distortions of my personal life to wild, and I mean wild, conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. I won't be you know nothing about that. Media, yes. And I won't be extorted. By a former DOJ officials and the crooks he is working with. Oh, you fucking crook. 
Oh, my God. I can't take it. Put him on the lie detector. Do it. These people are a cliche. Two cliches. So, it's... I don't even know. I can't. I cannot stand it. The truth will prevail. Good! Hurry up! I hail from Northwest Florida, a land of heroes. I represent the district that's got the highest concentration of active duty military. Oh, aren't you a big warmonger? Man, aren't you a man? A man's man. You fucking son of a bitch! Oh, this is somebody that would so eagerly send other people to die. And while giving them, giving their widows a medal and a folded flag. Oh, F you. God. Uh-oh, what is this? Who is this fucking person? I mean, on my Facebook, now we got somebody. Look at this. Freaking spamming the Facebook. How do I get rid of that now? I'm a digital marketer. You need help, you can tell me. My social... Go away! Fuckers. All right. In the country. Military families are not just a feature of my community. They are the defining character. Oh, shut your mouth, your them. community fighting against the endless wars that ravage their lives and families. Oh, well, isn't that what you're all about? As the most serious and somber... Oh, my God! These people... This phony... pretending to be a human thing. I can't handle it. This is the most solemn and something-something of my something-useless life banging 17-year-olds. Excuse me, my my love of my life, ride or die. My service. It inspires me to be at my best. You suck! If that's your best, it sucks. Okay, I, ha I hate him. I can't. The hate. So they can be at their best. Oh, shut up. But heroism... It's all about you, isn't it? ...on the battlefield. Inspiration is often drawn. Well, shut up with your battlefield metaphors. You know, I'm so sick of them. God, and your battlefield. Oh, my God, everything sucks. Why does everything have to suck? Okay. I got to get rid of him off the... Uh, why? I just want to know. Can anybody answer the question? Why does everything suck? I'll be standing by for the answer. Laura! Oh, wait, 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 wait. We got a few more super chats. Stephen Lee, thank you for your super chat. The penal system will help Matt overcome his fear of dropping the soap in the shower. I hope so. Oh my god, I goddamn hope so. And it can't happen quick enough. And thank you, Laura077, for your super chat and your very cute emoji. Mamma mia. God. 
God, God, God. I'm just looking at the time. We don't have much time left. But all I want to say in the last, well, I mean, we, we got to get off the air here soon. So please become a patron at patreon.com slash taradevil. And please give the show a good review on iTunes. That helps the show grow and share the show with your friends. It helps. I really appreciate And also thank you all for hanging out, man. I don't know what I would do without you. Really. Because I would be, I would be so, you think I'm depressed now? Oh my God. Yeah, it would be a lot worse. And there's other things I want to talk about. So if you can, somebody become a patron. Maybe, hopefully we'll do a show on Monday. Especially if somebody becomes a patron. At patreon.com slash taradevlin, that'd be great. Well, according to uh, Bess Levin, she writes, Matt Getz is truly fucked. Something that's been made abundantly clear over the past few years is that there is no minimum IQ requirement to serve in Congress or obviously the White House. There are numerous examples of this to choose from, but not limited to Louis Gohmert, Ted Cruz, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Tommy Tuberville, and, of course, Matt Goetz. A strong case was made for crowning Matt Goetz the king of congressional morons thanks to his decision to be as blatant as possible about allegedly paying women for sex. In two late-night Venmo transactions, Matt Goetz sent his friend, Joel uh, accused sex trafficker Joel Greenberg, $900, The next morning, over the course of eight minutes, Greenberg used the same app to send three young women varying sums of money amounting to $900. In the memo field, uh, he wrote, test. In the second memo field, the Florida congressman wrote, hit up so-and-so's name. Um, Instead of a blank, Getz wrote a nickname for one of the recipients, who is now in the porn industry, apparently. When Greenberg made his Venmo payments to these three young women, he described the money as being for tuition and school and school. Because when it comes down back, when the blowback hits, he'll be able to say, well, that's my generosity. His famous or infamous generosity that we've all heard about. His generosity to ex-girlfriends? This is what we are supposed to believe. He's such a generous man. He's got such a big heart. As you can tell by all of his history of doing nothing for anybody else but himself. You think there would be something in his past where he was a decent person, you know? Doing, going out of his way, being somebody who's, I don't know, the things that he claims to be. Jesus Christ. No one has any idea what he was doing. Daniel O'Keefe, an accountant who conducted a forensic audit, told the Daily Beast, the arrogance of these guys, they just felt like they were above the law. Well, if that ain't the Republican mantra, I don't know what is. Guys, remember what I always say, we will win. 
because we are on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, humanity, fairness, unity, togetherness, all of it. We're, we will win. And they know that. So my name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And for all your super chats and for keeping the show going and growing. Good reviews on iTunes. Help and everything else. You guys, thank you. I can't thank you enough. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I'll see you soon. Damn, those go by so fast. Why do I talk like that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, my friends. Oh, yeah, the list missed Bobert. That's right. She's, I, or did, did, oh, did they mention Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yeah. Oh my God. Where do we live? Where? We live in a world where Marjorie Taylor Greene has a platform. Okay. Where people are donating to her. That's supposedly such a great indicator or something. I don't know. Of how much everybody loves you. These Republicans, aren't they embarrassed? No, they're not. We would like to think they are, but no, the big lie. There, If there are no consequences for their big lie and for sidling up to a traitor, for, for being traitors, then what hope do we have? Really? And I, that's why I wanted to talk about um, Joe Manchin, but we'll have to save that for the next show. You're, you guys, you guys, is it cat time? Yeah, it is, Jim. See who's there? Let me see. I will have to show you. It is cat time. <laughs> Ray Ray. Did I interrupt your nap? Look how good he is. Look at him. Isn't he cute? Hold on, hold on, baby. He's a little sleepy. Say hello to your fans. This is Ray. He's our BLM cat. Isn't he cute? <laughs> He's not very expressive. He likes to, what do you like? He eats the poor thing because he lives on the street. He's a, he's an artful dodger. He eats anything. It's crazy. I make salads. He steals some of the salad. He eats everything and anything. He ate some of an avocado that I had when I was cutting at it. He just eats everything. But that makes me kind of sad because it reminds me that he lived on the street. And that's probably what he was taught. You just put something in your stomach, right? Right, right? And look at his little fangs. <laughs> and he's got fangs. That's all. Look how big he is. He's a big cat. 
He was a baby once. I got him off the street when he was a baby. All right. Black paws matter, says Lee in New York City. Yes, they do. This goes on the rest of the show. This is how I prepare. He's such a good boy. He's so good. I can't take it. You're too good. You're too good. You're too good. How did you do it? Tell me about it. How'd you do it? He's amazing. I feel bad for him, though. Because he's always... He, I got to really watch what he eats. Because he will eat his food, and he'll eat Tara Jr. Jr.'s food, and Francis Jr. Jr.'s food. He's He's just constantly hungry. And I'm sure that's a result of his upbringing. That's, that's, that's why, you know, your your childhood, I really see that, not just with my own life, because my childhood effed up my entire life. But, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't Sybil. I wasn't, like, raised by Sybil's mom or anything. But it was not the greatest. We'll get into it another day. But... Because it's so late. But I see that with Francis Jr. Jr., with Tara Jr. Jr., with Ray. How they, yeah, their childhood, they totally framed and shaped them. That's why it's so important for us. I mean, it's too late for me, but it's important for us to cultivate a society that, that, treats uh people like like people i don't know all right you guys you guys you guys all great yes paradox says no worries we got time <laughs> i could get into it but i just have to i have to cut the show down for progressive voices it's so annoying on saturday night so it takes some more time and then i gotta go to bed and blah 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 you guys are great. Please uh, keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it. You're worth it. And please, yes, Paradu, big boy. Talking about Ray. He's a He is a big cat. He's bigger than Tara Jr. Jr. He's bigger than Francis Jr. Jr. And I think he's, I don't know if he's done growing, but he's not quite a year old yet. But he's cute. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. White Rabbit says, Matt gets with a, bl- a binky in his mouth, cuddling a soft pillow while twiddling glow sticks with a blink, <laughs> with a blankie over his head. This is how I will always visualize Matt gets from here forward, okay? Absolutely. Because that's what he does. That's him representing the people, taking ecstasy and... Um, Sex and sex trafficking underage girls. Oh, okay. Mark on the chat. My podcast will be ready soon. I'll let you know, Tara. Okay. Let's do it. I can't wait. Thank you, Mark. Mark is our millennial correspondent. That's going to be exciting. Church night comes early, right, Tara? Yes, Stephen Lee. I know. Lee in New York City says, if you think Ray is big, look up Maine Coon. I know. I never had a Maine Coon, but they seem kind of cool. 
my haiku says, my friend's black cat Max just turned a year old too. Yes. You guys are great. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Suzanne. Suzanne says, Stephen Lee, this was church. Tara tells truth facts. Yes. I want to thank you all for hanging out. Slow Tree and River and Haiku and Andrea and Commander Bond and Joss and Paradu and Lee in New York City and Jeffrey Giraffe, of course, with the epic super chat tonight. Thank you, Jeffrey. Don't forget to send me your address. And anybody else that wants some of the swag, you know, for patrons and all, you got to send me your you got to send me your um, your address. I don't have it. Uh, only your email comes up on Patreon. And Joss, nice to see you. And Elise. And who else is here? Where are... Oh, I saw Anthony. That's right. On Facebook. And Suzanne. And who else did I, any, anybody, did I miss anybody? Gypsy Queen, nice to see you. I want to thank you all for hanging out. Mark, of course, you're the best. Young man in this effed up country. God. Well, we're in this together. We will, we won't give up. Sin City. Nice to see you, Sin City. And Stephen Lee and White Rabbit. I love that the chat room is hopping. It's hopping and popping. Makes me happy. As happy as I can be, I mean, of course. Play Dave. Yo, yo, yo. Nice to see you. And... Ed the Second, nice to see you, my friend. And Covert White Rabbit. And Joffrey, yes. Mark says, our, um, our millennial correspondent Mark says, we love Jeffrey. What a champ. We stick together. We win. It is true. All in this together. That's right. And that's how we'll win. And this is why we do the show. So we get that word out and... You know, you hear that, I don't know, for me, I hear that and I feel it rings true in my heart, right? So, it is the truth. We will win. They know it, we know it, uh, and that we're in this together. And it will, uh, I mean, that more will be revealed, but more will be be required and I think that uh, for example th one of the things we have to keep doing is pushing the patriotic imperative of progressivism there is nothing more progressive than pledging your life fortune and sacred honor to each other and that's that's what the founders did even those freaking freaks who stormed the capitol on January 6th know that that they that they pledge their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. There's nothing more socialist than that. There's nothing more patriotic than that. 
So we will win because we are the real patriots, and it's, it's, and we're taking it back. We're taking back the mantle of patriotism unapologetically. So thank you all, guys, guys, guys. It is true. We will win. You know it. Because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. Become a patron at patreon.com slash taradevlin. And hopefully, 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 somebody becomes a patron on Monday, we will do a show. I hope to do a show. I do. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. We will win. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I'll see you very soon.